You Want to Start a Podcast is a podcast featuring us. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And on this show, we're discussing the fundamentals of creating a podcast. And we're going to demonstrate the benefits a podcast can bring to your organization. So do you want to start a podcast? Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of You Want to Start a Podcast? I'm David. And I'm Jason. And today on the program, we're going to talk about the tech. We're talking about the nuts and bolts of what you need to record and then edit your podcast and get it ready for publication. I'm excited to hear you go through this, Jason, because I personally learned a lot of the technical aspects of podcasting by working with you over the past few years. But you've been a veteran podcaster for over 13 years now, I believe. That's right. I started my first podcast in 2010, and I came from a background of recording music. Uh, And so I'd spent a lot of time in recording studios over the years, and I had a home studio set up. So it was a pretty easy transition to go from music right into podcasting. You had so much audio engineering experience. You had the equipment. You could just turn your home studio into, as you said, a podcasting studio and do it with relative ease and get a really professional sound. Yep, that's right. So today I'm going to talk about two aspects of the technical side of podcasting. The first is recording your audio, and the second is what to do with it after you've recorded it. That's called post-production or editing the audio. Let's start with recording. You know, one of the most important aspects of recording audio isn't the equipment itself. It's the room where you record it. That's right. The room matters. And we spoke about room control in an earlier episode of this podcast because controlling the noise in the room is paramount to producing a good podcast. So if you're producing a podcast yourself, you're going to need access to a room that you control the volume in. Conversely, if you're working with a professional producer, you'll likely be in a recording studio or in a space where the producer has a high degree of noise control. Jason, you're recording in the So Good Media Studios right now. Why don't you describe what the recording studio is like? Yeah, here at So Good Media Studio, we actually have two sound-treated audio rooms. So these are rooms that are decked out with studio foam. You've probably seen those in other studios. And the purpose of the sound treatment is to cut down on the echo. So what you hear is just my voice going into the microphone, not my voice being reflected off of hard walls or solid surfaces. And listeners, if you are, if you have a very astute ear, you may hear the difference. I am not recording in a soundproof room. So my vocal may sound a little bit different than Jason's. Yeah. If you don't have the luxury of a completely sound-treated room like a professional studio, you do have to make a decision about which room you're going to record in. And I have found that larger rooms actually work better than small rooms if the rooms aren't sound-treated. And the reason is because in a smaller room where the walls are closer together, the sound bounces around a lot more versus sitting in a large room. It takes a lot longer for your voice to hit a wall and then come back. And when we get into microphone choice a little later, there are some microphones that are better than others when recording in a large room. Next, you're going to need some kind of equipment on which to record your audio. Now, that could be a computer, but it also can be a portable recording device. That's what we use when we record our podcasts, especially when we have to go out on location. And when we say portable recording device, 
if you're of the age where you remember tape recorders, cassette recorders, yes. this is just a device that is recording the sound. It's the same concept. You're recording the sound to an SD card. The portable recording devices that we use here at So Good Media are made by a company called Zoom. Not to be confused with Zoom, the meeting platform, this is a company that makes audio recording devices. They're small, they're portable, you can plug several mics into them, and you can use them as an audio interface for your computer. David and I are using a device called the Zoom PodTrack P4. Now that's a device that is specifically designed for podcasting. You can plug up to four microphones into a P4, and it has four separate headphone outs, meaning that if you had four guests recording your podcast, everyone could have their own headphone mix. So if you're podcasting and you're having guests, picture yourself going to a conference room, putting the P4 down in the middle of the table, and you have four microphones going out or three microphones, however many guests you have. Everybody's talking into their own microphone. And on that SD card, you are getting everybody's track separate. And that's going to be very important when you're editing later, as Jason will get into. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, the P4 also can be used as an audio interface for your computer. So David and I are recording across the country. He's in Seattle, Washington. I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We both have a P4 where we're recording our own voices, but the P4s are plugged into our computers so that we can hear and record each other. Now, if your podcast is exclusively being recorded virtually and you don't have access to an external recording device, it's okay. You can get a microphone that plugs right into your computer and you can record using a meeting platform like the other <laughs> Zoom. If you don't have a Zoom, you can just use Zoom. That's right. Simple. All right, let's talk about microphones. There are a zillion options for microphones out there when you're podcasting. I have a few recommendations. We have been recording this podcast using Shure SM58 microphones. Now, this is a standard vocal microphone. If you've seen any rock concerts over the last 30 or 40 years, you've likely seen somebody singing into a Shure SM58. It's a workhorse microphone. It's been around for a long time, and it's an industry standard vocal mic. Similar to the SM58 is the Shure SM7B. This is a very popular podcasting microphone. I'm sure you've seen it if you've watched podcasts. It's uh, these are similar to the Shure SM58 in the sense that they're also a dynamic microphone. You have to stay fairly close to them, um, but they do have a bigger frequency range um, and they do sound fantastic. They're also three times the price. One of the reasons I like using SM58s for podcasting, especially if I go on location, is that they're very directional, meaning that they pick up what is directly in front of the microphone and very little else. Which is really important to note because I'm talking pretty close right now to my SM58. But if I turn my head to the side and talk to somebody who's sitting beside me, it's not going to sound as good. And if I lean back too far, like I'm doing right now, the sound is obviously going to change. Right. So if I don't know the environment I'm going to be recording in, and especially if I don't have access to a very, very tight sound treated room, the SM58 works great, but you and or your guests have to stay pretty close to the microphone to get a good sound. Now, if you do have access to a small sound treated room, you can use what's called a condenser microphone. Condenser microphones usually have a wider frequency range. So for some voices, it sounds a lot better than a Shure SM58 or a dynamic microphone. But the trade-off is that condenser microphones actually pick up a lot more of the room. You don't have to be as close to the microphone. You can kind of move around the microphone a little bit more so you can be more comfortable. But background noises in the room are going to get picked up. And if you're using more than one condenser microphone in an interview situation, 
you're going to get what's called bleed, meaning my voice is going to bleed into the other microphones and my guest's voice is going to bleed into my microphone, making editing a little bit more challenging later on. Okay, so we've just gone through all the equipment that you're going to need to do a podcast. Things that require the time and the resources to invest in it to record the podcast, but that's only the first part of producing a podcast. Then we move into what's called post-production, and that's where you're taking what you've recorded and you're making it into the podcast. And there are five aspects of post-production, things that you'll need to either have or have access to. And that's a good computer and good computer hardware, a good network, uh, your Wi-Fi, quick Wi-Fi, audio editing software, audio cleaning software, and graphic design software. That's right. Let's take a deeper dive into each one of these. We'll start with the computer hardware. Now, you're definitely going to need a decent computer to run this editing software you're going to use to transform your raw audio into a podcast episode. You're going to need some serious processing power as much memory as you can upgrade to, and a good amount of hard drive storage. Now, if you're recording virtually, you also have to take into consideration your network speeds because you're going to be recording over the internet. If your network speed is slow or it's unreliable, you're not going to get reliable audio from your guest or your co-host who you're speaking with and recording through the network. If there's any glitch in your Wi-Fi while you're recording, if there's any slowdown or any glitch, your audio is going to cut out. So as you say, it's really important that that Wi-Fi is solid. Or even better yet, if you can, hardline directly into your network router. Now that's just the computer hardware considerations. Next is the software you're going to use to create the podcast episode. So you've recorded your raw audio. You need to bring it into the computer to edit it. And for that, we need audio editing software. Now there are a lot of free options out there. There's a program called Audacity, which is open source and runs on both Macs and PCs. And it's a decent piece of software to get started with. Macs also come with a program called GarageBand, which is free, comes with every Mac, and you can use that to edit your audio. But of course, you get what you pay for. So all the bells and whistles that you might expect from your audio software may not be in the free packages. You may need to upgrade to something a little bit more professional. So for anyone that feels comfortable going up to a mid-grade software, Adobe Creative Suite, which is the subscription-based service, which a lot of creative people have, which has Photoshop and InDesign, also has an audio recording software called Adobe Audition, which is a very good mid-range audio recording software for podcasting. A lot of professional podcasters use it. We use it to edit a lot of our podcasts at So Good Media. It's a good, robust software that's going to work well in almost any podcasting situation you might have. Yeah, for sure. And some other examples of some higher-end audio recording software you may have heard of would be Logic or Pro Tools or Cubase. Uh, but some of these platforms are really designed for recording music, and so they might be overkill for recording podcasts. But the great thing about these higher-end packages, whether it's Audition or Cubase, is the use of plugins that help you clean your audio. When you say cleaning audio, what does that mean? Well, sometimes when you record in a room and you can't control every element, you might pick up some background noise. It might be like an air conditioner running in the distance. It might be the hum from fluorescent lights. Well, there's software out there that will actually remove that background noise without really affecting the fidelity of your voice. A lot of times if you're recording in a room that is not soundproof, you will pick up pitched noises, just 
barely audible noise that is there but needs to be removed. Yeah. And some of this higher end software has tools built in to be able to remove that. And some of them work with plugins or third party tools that work alongside the software to remove those noises. There's even a program out there that we've been using at So Good Media Studio called Isotopes RX10. This is a piece of software that will identify fr certain frequencies and let you remove just those frequencies from your audio. So for example, if I bu bumped a microphone or if I was tapping on a table and that tapping was getting picked up by my microphone, I could use the software to go and identify the actual frequencies of that tap and systematically remove them. It's, it's magical, really. And finally, something that a lot of new podcasters don't realize is the graphical elements to podcasting. Podcasting isn't just about recording audio. You also need an icon or a logo for your podcast to distribute it out to podcast platforms. You're going to need an episode graphic for each of these podcasts. You have to brand your podcast. There's a lot of graphical elements that actually go into a podcast, and a lot of new podcasters forget that until they need it. And podcast graphics are not an optional thing. You need these graphics. You need the show graphics and you need episode graphics in order to publish to the podcast platforms such as Spotify and, and Apple. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. You actually need the graphics to be able to publish the podcast. So you can't overlook this important step. So if you don't have a good handle on some graphic design software, you're going to have to find somebody who does. And if you hire a professional to produce your podcast, they're going to produce these graphics for you. They're going to work with you in order to brand your podcast and make sure that you have all the necessary graphics to publish these to those platforms. Now, this is a super high level overview of the technical aspects of podcasting, but it's enough to at least get you started. There are a lot of resources out there for DIY producers, do-it-yourself producers that go into way more detail than we've gone into here. So if you are going to produce your own podcast, you can find a lot of resources online or you can just hire us to do it for you. Yeah, that's right. So from the West Coast studios of So Good Media, I'm David. And I'm Jason from the So Good Media headquarters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening. You want to start a podcast? Is a production of So Good Media. At So Good Media, our mission is to make podcasting accessible and easy for any size organization or business. And in our work, we help a lot of small to mid-sized companies develop their multimedia strategies and produce their content. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. You can visit us online at sogoodmedia.studio, where you can find the show notes for this episode and explore all the work we do here at So Good Media. Thanks for listening.